All right, everyone, I want you to stand up right now. Take out your phones. Take a selfie with your neighbor. It's time to get social. Welcome to the second Amazing Race 28 recap episode of the UR Team Number podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as ever is the Canadian who needs to be better at humour, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. The lady whose ass always gets blurred when she's getting out of a taxi, Michelle Pierce Denneman. <laughs> Hello. And the Australian who got a fish in his bathing suit as a child, Ben Powell. <laughs> Howdy. Now I believe we have a statement. Uh, I, I don't know what's been going so. on this week. Besides this episode, what's been going on this week? Well, um, I guess what happened is that a certain blog that I posted, I guess there was a certain joke in there that unfortunately offended one of the racers. And I guess while I was away at work, I guess there was just an explosive discussion about it. And then I come back to a ton of messages in my inbox and spending several hours trying to figure out what's going on. And then this keeps going on a day or so later, and it was just shocking that, you know, something I wrote drew in that many past racers and fans to all be bickering amongst each other. But I'm glad it's, it seems like it's pretty much over now, because I've spoken with the people who were offended by it for the most part. Uh, The joke was removed, and I just wish that instead of it being something that started off as a really hateful thing, I wish that, you know, I was just approached right away and said, hey, Logan, you know, there is this, um, there is this joke that you wrote or said that uh, I'm concerned about, and the solution could have been fixed right then and there. I'm just, I'm just sad that it turned into this whole thing that where people, other people had to be brought into it and be in a state of anger because... They didn't exactly understand what was going on. So I hope from now on, if there's any statement I make or joke that I make, I just hope whoever is offended by it is comfortable enough just to approach me and say, hey, you know, can I talk to you about something? And it can be solved right then and there. It's it's just, yeah, I guess that's, and, I, and I'm sorry that it was offensive. And I would just like to point out that in the nine, well, this is the ninth Amazing Race season that we've been doing, and there has been one team in the past who has taken offence to anything that we have said. Out of well over 100 teams, nearly 200 teams have come through our doors that we've talked about, and one has been offended by anything we have said. Yeah, so this is kind of, for a website that we've only been running for about two, three months, it's kind of a new thing to have someone wanting us to... When we started the podcast before the website, the whole thing behind the podcast was originally, oh, let's just talk about the show. But then we started season 26 with Haley, and we saw the terrible treatment she was getting on on the show by the fans, and well, by the, quote, fans, unquote. 
And it was like, wow, this is really stupid. Why is this happening? Like, well, we saw why it was happening, but we still thought it was stupid anyway. So we basically rededicated our podcast and by extension sort of kind of Logan's as well to, you know, these people should be defended. These people shouldn't have this sort of stuff at them. So it's like we didn't have anything against the person, the person in question. We didn't have anything against them. It's just... um. Like I said, our, we dedicate ourselves trying to defend these sorts of pe- people who sort of are, get immediate hate from the fan base of being emotional or outspoken and a woman. Not necessarily the woman, but just defending people generally who maybe get shit on by the general viewers. Yeah, like like Haley from t- season 26, Justin from season 27, Sherry in, from this season. Jessica and Brittany to a lesser extent. I mean, we praised them a lot last week, and they got a lot of crap from casuals for the vomiting comment. Well, I wasn't here last week. I was off. I was off living my glam lifestyle in Lismore. It's just like, on behalf of everyone here, or everyone's already said it so far multiple times to many people, in an attempt to really smooth this over. We don't aim to offend anyone, and we are sorry that we are sorry that we did offend anyone. We're not going to go the Survivor Oz route of saying we're sorry you're offended because that's that's if if something I've said on this website or on Logan's blog offends someone that's on us not on you so TLDR we're sorry and I uh, yeah just it was just sad to see that you know this is supposed to be a fun thing all we're just a tiny little podcast in a small community just talking about a random TV show that we like. I'm not trying to do anything huge with it. Like, if there's anything offensive that's going on, just approach me, and there's a solution to everything. So, yeah, it's I. It was just weird to see it turn into a huge thing when it could have been fixed so quickly and peacefully. And as I have been saying to many people over the last couple of days, Logan is a good guy. Occasionally. And... It's <laughs> despite the vegetarianism and you know that sort of stuff. Yeah, God, I love yes, dogs. I, vegetarian. Have, <laughs> I love dogs. Okay, I can't help. Well, it. We don't eat dogs. Yeah, we don't eat dogs. I love I love dogs, and you know I can still appreciate steak or bacon, for example. Oh, bacon! Welcome. Yeah. Was your own experience with uh, people eating animals, Korea? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Let's just go back to having fun. I mean. It's, yeah, I'm just sorry that, you know, something I wrote, you know, got so many people involved and resulted in people having to fight with each other when, and, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's have some fun, guys. Let's have some fun. Typical Canadian, always saying sorry. Anyway, uh, previously, 11 teams left their homes and flew to Mexico, where they had a great tea tour, choosing between mariachi music and fireworks. At the roadblock, Dana and Matt and Tyler and Corey jumped to the front of the pack, and Scott fell to pieces. Dana and Matt won the cab race, and Scott and Blair were saved from elimination by surprising opening non-elimination. Like, And then the blow dryer. Then the blow dryer. We were hoping this scene was coming last week. We got to find out what Blair packed. What's in her Amazing Race backpack? If only she made a video about it. We found out that Blair packed a curling iron and a hairdryer and loads of other stuff that she then just dumped onto the greeter. You know what? I would take a hairdryer. I'm very sorry, but I would. The, if they're staying in a hotel, the hairdryer's there. Yeah, but they take so long. Like, if Not you get hotel. a really strong hairdryer, it takes two minutes to do my hair. Those hotel ones, 20 minutes. 
You can't have a twenty-minute thing happening on the race. Yeah, but it's it's so much weight to pack. No, you get a lightweight travel one. You go through um, through airport scanners, and they go, "Why the hell have you got a hairdryer?" Because otherwise, someone like me, your hair looks like rubbish. It's all flyaway and crap. Would you rather? survive another leg though and look like crap or get eliminated Michelle. Well, you mean look like I wouldn't get eliminated over a hairdryer I would make sure of that priorities I need a hairdryer <laughs> and I suspect we might rag on this leg a little bit because it wasn't as good as last week but two very important things that we always always moan about were in this episode number one a full intro which I know Ben pointed out to me earlier Number two, every single start time. Doesn't add any extra time to the episode. You just have to put it in the lower third for me. Just so we know. The pit, to, to be fair, there wasn't that much going on in the episode anyway. There was only like two tasks. No, but it, you just have to have it there. You don't even have to draw attention to it. Just put it underneath every team when we see them for the first time. And I will love you forever, editors. Mm. It seems like a minor like complaint, but it's just, you know, I mean... Can you complain about the intro seems to be more like a online fan thing because if I mean even on like the Facebook page people complain about it, but like it's not like a staple that has to be in every show. It's just like it'd be nice every now and again to like you know showcase the teams that are in the episode. I mean I wouldn't you know it's not important to me for my reality TV viewing experience as a whole because you know for me the world wouldn't wouldn't uh, fly off its hinges or fly out of orbit if like you know Big Brother suddenly gave up its intro, but. You know, it's just nice to, you know, occasionally see, get reminded of who's in the team so you can, like, be reminded, oh, I hate them. Oh, I like them. Oh, I don't like them. Oh, they're all right. Eh, who are they again? And we actually got some character scenes before the leg really started. Yeah, everyone got some background. Well, except for, I think only Aaron and Jocelyn were the only ones who didn't get any uh, background scenes. Yeah, from the preview, though, it looks like we might be seeing a lot of them next week. So yeah, we found out that Dana basically forced Matt to propose to her. Always a healthy relationship, guys. Ding! Uh, Cameron's in Mensa. Brody seriously has one volume and that is it. And also, Cameron Darius got recognised at the airport. I've been away for the last two podcasts for various reasons. A, I don't... Well, A, one of them is like, I don't like record. I don't like recording preview podcasts in general because it's sort of like... Well, by the time that race actually starts, to me, it's like all the impressions I've made off the off the off of the bio videos and bio reading sort of become meaningless once the race actually starts. And two, I just didn't feel like it. Yeah, I guessed as much. Ben Powell can't be asked correspondent. Last week was me just missing it because of a weird series of events. But like one of the things I noticed is why do Cody and Brian shout everything they say? Brody is way worse for it than Kurt is. But, yeah, Brody has one volume and that is it. He is basically the living embodiment of anyone who is on Big Brother. Just constantly shouting in the diary room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know why, like, you know, you look at your th- the three main CBS reality shows and you have one, Survivor, the one that used to be a Super Bowl lead-out program. Two, you have The Amazing Race, which has won, like, 10, 12 Emmys. And three, have Big Brother, a.k.a. the show that that Les Moon gives Julie Chen to do on a summer break. <laughs> to get her out like, the house. It's like, why? Which, which show should you be taking and putting anything from onto anything else? And it's like, Big Brother, 
why don't we put all their contestants on every other show? Why don't we put their kind of contestants on every other show? And it's like, why? Why would you do that? Why? And weirdly, me calling Ben the can't be asked correspondent will not be the only correspondent that we feature in this leg. And teams had to fly to Cartagena in Colombia and find Totumo to get their next clue. We also get a bit of flight intrigue. There are four different flights on the second leg of an amazing race again. What the hell? It usually happens when they go to South America, isn't it? They're usually on, like, two flights at most, and they never get to actually pick them. But Tyler and Corey, Brody and Kurt, Dana and Matt and Bernie and Ashley are all on the first flight arriving at 8.59am. And may I point out that the editors also threw us off a little bit by putting every single word that said booked in red text. Because as soon as we saw Tyler and Corey book that flight, I thought, oh, they're in trouble, because it says red, it's usually green if it's the first flight. No. No, it's just books. Thanks for that, guys. Really helpful. Get together, editors. Uh, Brittany and Jessica, Erin and Jocelyn, Sherry and Cole, Scott and Blair, Anzac and Rachel are on the second flight, arriving at 9.37. Uh, Marty and Hagen are arriving at 10am, and Cameron and Darius are on the last flight, arriving at 10.30. And for some reason we get a shot of Tyler Oakley's blurred ass. Lovely. Just what I want to see on a Saturday morning. And Hagen has also never known a car to go this slow. I don't know why we have to have one scene every episode of someone bitching about a taxi driver. It's, it just seems to be the theme of this season already. Well, there's obviously something wrong with all the taxi drivers. Oh, not exactly. Maybe maybe it's the car, but yeah. This, there's is, just, this is just problem. further proof that Amazing Race should switch to Uber. If they get to the final leg, they get uh, a special Uber X. Ooh. I've got GPS. Of course you do, Logan. And did you also notice that... Um, it looks like the cabs might have been pre-booked for the race. I'm assuming teams had to keep their taxi drivers because it looked like they were all given a taxi driver. Because all of them had amazing race flags in the windows. Hmm. Specifically though, like specific to each people? Well, no, it was just amazing race flags. But um, I did notice it with that Marty and Hagen scene that you could quite clearly see the amazing race flag in the window. I could see that happening sort of though because it's a new country... A country that's not particularly known for being too safe, I guess. So you want to have that sense of, you know, security. You don't want to, you know, go Amazing Race Brazil on them and have them, like, rob the gunpoint or something. What? What happened? Have you never heard of this story? No. Brazil only has ever had one season of the Amazing Race, because then we had the Latino America season, one of which was actually a Brazil edition. But yeah, a team did indeed get robbed at gunpoints, and the camera, I believe, got stolen. Jesus, legs. why didn't I know about this? When? How many years ago was this? Like ten years ago? Like um, some some someone I think it was like around the same time as Amazing Race Asia. Yeah, I think I think uh, uh, Akari de Millionaire was the season that started airing after Asia One. So yeah, they were one of the uh, seasons that actually had a female winner before the Amazing Race America. Didn't get robbed at gunpoint. Uh no, they they weren't the one that got robbed at gunpoint. But uh, I think I remember like there was a big um lopsidedness to the gender casting of that season. I think there was like one one team makeup got cast like five times, I think. Like I think it was the male teams that got cast five times and there's like two or three female teams and one of one of them, one who did particularly well on one leg, the next leg they got robbed at gunpoint. Andrea and Luciana and their film crew were robbed at gunpoint during the leg. By the time the film crew recovered their belongings were allowed to continue racing, they dropped to last place. And even better, they then got marked for elimination. They got non-eliminated on that leg, got marked for elimination, so they still got a penalty the next leg. 
Well, they don't fuck around with the no time credits thing. <laughs> Brazil's producers making Israel's producers look sane. So how many times have they gone to Colombia before in The Amazing Race America? In The Amazing Race America, it's none. It is the first of three brand new countries for this season in the what? US. And the first of two countries in this season that have been visited by international versions and not by Amazing Race US. What? Colombia is a frequent location of Amazing Race Latino America, Shot Gas Para, and I believe the host of Latino America is actually from Colombia. I think Toya is uh, is Colombian. In fact, I'm pretty sure she is. Wait, there's a female Amazing Race host? There is. Did you not know about this? I didn't know about that either. This is news to me. Toya is not only the first female host, but she is also the first host who used to be a racer. She raced in Latino America 3 and then took over in Latino America 6, I believe. I haven't seen much of the series, but like the one episode I have seen is um, of Latino America slash um, El Carario Millionaire. Like, I haven't seen much of it, but the one clip I, the one clip I have seen was um, in season one when... Um, randomly after i think it was like two or three legs of this uh male female couple dominating like randomly they go for the fast forward they go for the fast forward they get it but they're randomly beaten to the pit stop by this um this sort of slow mother daughter team who had a fear of heights and they had to do a, a, like a um a zip line or a repelling task that episode so they just sort of like sauntered into the pit stop and then like um and then they're told casilda de casilda um your um your team numero uno and they're like, no, no. Ben, that was a wonderful Spanish accent. I am proud of you, son. <laughs> I speak Spanish. You, um, really? El Dico. <laughs> really? We cannot tell. <laughs> <laughs> El Dushpago. Oh, why do I have to be Edgardo? <laughs> the funny thing about them going to Cartagena in Colombia is that uh, people online are making fun of the contestants for pronouncing it as Cartagena. It's like, don't you know that, that that's not how it's pronounced? But it's Come like, on, racist. Well, if get you it read together. Off, if it's when you read it off the paper, there's a G in there, and you know, nine times out of ten, you're probably going to pronounce that G, unless you're on the wheel of fortune when you answer with the seven swans as women. But that's besides the point. And once they got to Tatumo, it's a roadblock, which is who is a hot mess. And in this roadblock, one team member must dig through a mud pit and find an emerald to get the next clue. And of course, this being actually a season that cares about its difficulty in the test that there aren't just emeralds in there there's chaos emeralds there are chaos emeralds and sonic the hedgehog would have loved that he doesn't have to run through a massive glass tube to find it yeah that's what ashley found yeah that was one of the lesser known games it was like it's i think i think they have it in the sonic dreams collection i recommend everyone go look that up right now and i have a soft spot for sonic heroes because the theme tune is actually pretty badass yeah and it's Brody, Dana, Ashley Corey, Rachel Blair, Jocelyn Cole, Brittany and Hagen and Cameron doing the roadblock. And Dana is the first to find a jewel, but it's not an emerald. No, I like mud masks. I like them on my face. But just Michelle, to put Michelle, I am so going to put I like them on my face on any sort <laughs> no, of soundboard we do for this podcast. You are not. You are not, or your life will not be worth living. Do you understand? You know how occasionally I clip stuff and put them on SoundCloud as a tease? You're just going to die. You will die. You know how I do that, Michelle? That might just be my favourite whatever. <laughs> Listen. Shush. Okay. So they had to put their whole head under the water, or under the mud. And can you imagine the ears? How? Like, it would go right down into the ear canal. I don't know how you'd get that stuff out. 
At least they got to swim through the water afterwards, but oh dear God. Jennifer from uh, Survivor would probably love that, except the, I don't think the mud would cause bleeding in the ears like that earwig did. Or cause her to go on a mild psychotic break. That was one of the most harrowing things I've ever seen on Survivor. I don't understand why no one got that thing out when it was right there and they were looking at it. Uh, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing it was because like the shot of it... um. When they had a, like a, a singular like resting shot of it crawling around the year, that wasn't when they were actually looking at it. That was, I'm guessing, that was sort of like when she was having her head down. They were like probably discussing it, but the camera guy was like, "Okay, this is a good shot. I'm getting this." Yeah. Apparently, the medics did go in and squirt some stuff in her ear, which is what made the bug come crawling out, basically. But they couldn't really do that much. They just had to put some liquid in her ear and hope it went out, basically. Fun stuff. Good for her that it came out, though. Yeah. Can you imagine if she would have done the entire season with something crawling in her ear canal? That would have been awful. I'm going to look for the hidden immunity. Ah! <laughs> Fun fact, the ear bug is actually a hidden immunity idol. She was just really lucky that it crawled into her ear to keep it safe. But then Sydney had to crush it between her tiny little fingers. <laughs> if you're not following Cameron Johnson's amazing Survivor blogs, by the way, she did do the Survivor autopsy on Thursday. And it's a good read. And I was very surprised that she did like 3,500 words in the first blog. It was like the first hour after the episode ended. That was pretty quickly, though. Quick yeah, though. and also, this is supposed to be the brief blog post. So I don't know what Cam has planned for the rest of the week. And Ashley also doesn't find one. But Corey does, and he drops out his way down. So he has to go back up and find another one. Falling people are funny. People falling is always funny. Golden rule of reality television. And then probably the funniest bit of the episode for me. Blair doesn't have a bathing suit. Yet in her while I packed in, in my Amazing Race backpack, she did talk about packing a bathing suit. It was a one piece, I think she said. So it's Yes, so she where did. did that so go? I was so confused. Michelle, as our G string correspondent. <laughs> yes. What would you have recommended to her? Um I would have she had some, what did she have in her bag? She had something like little bike pants or little shorts. I would have just put one of those on. I don't understand why she didn't put one on. But then, you know, someone else had an extra pair or something. Yeah, I think Jocelyn lent her some. Yeah, just wear little little bike pants things. That's what I do when I'm racing around Sydney. I take some of those in my little bag in case I suddenly have to go for a swim. And Brody is the first to leave with Ashley in second and Dana in third and Corey in fourth. Uh, with the Drooler in fifth, uh, Cole in sixth, Rachel in seventh and Blair in eighth. And teams must now head to uh, Manzanillo del Mar to find their next clue. One of the things about Blair's voice is that it really reminds me of something. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm not saying it's bad. I, lo- I enjoy listening to it even when she's being... When she's being a bit screechy. I really do. Enjoy, I really do enjoy her and her very amazing voice. It's just it reminds me of something. I can't really put my finger on it. Blair is probably my favorite contestant of the season, actually, so far. It's just that she has no shame in saying these things around her father, which makes me just giggle so much. Like the father-daughter version of Suki and Jinder. It really is. Hopefully, there won't be that naked fast forward because God, that would actually that would be the most awful version. I know we have previously said um, that Suki and Jinder doing that fast forward is possibly the best iteration that fast forward could ever have, and it never needs to be repeated again because of that. But maybe father-daughter would be funnier because that would be so awkward. And that fast forward is all about awkwardness and just generally being awesome. Um, so at the Manzanillo del Mar. It's a detour, which is pop-up or paria. And in pop-up, teams must build a party shack on a beach to get the next clue. 
and in Perea, teams must prepare and cook a fish meal, including descaling and gutting the fish to receive an next clue. At this point, have the last two teams arrived yet? No, because we saw Hagen saying she'd never known a cargo this slow after Tyler and Corey had left. So no is the answer. And didn't she say those the, the line, I'm begging, made me think of you. I'm begging. Yeah. <laughs> I pretty much knew Michael was going to bring that up. <laughs> I brought it up first. You did? Yes. Michelle scores the point. Any chance that we get to talk about Denise, because Denise is just radiant, yeah, I will take it. And this is also the site of Scott and Blair's speed bump, which sadly does not take the same idea as the uh, what they called a speed bump last season, what was in fact the handicap from Norway, uh, which is to help fishermen pull in a net and then get some fish in as well before they can continue on to the detour. Looks like they changed up the logo. I didn't notice that, but uh, I was very disappointed we didn't see the return of the handicap. In fact, they just need to adopt Israel's non-elimination penalty, which is whatever the hell we want to do to you. My favourite one being, oh, we're going to Brazil next leg. Let's make you wear all your winter clothing for the leg. And then put in a fast forward that involved naked volleyball. (laughs) Which that team did take, indeed. (laughs) I would never want to do the Israeli Amazing Race. I would love it if you did. Somehow, I don't think that'll be a problem, Michelle. <laughs> no. Given your, you know, Australianness and not being able to speak Hebrew. Michelle, can yes. you learn Hebrew and move to Israel for us, please? <laughs> no. Oh, dear. If Scott and uh, Blair had to do the handicap, for, just like with last season, do you think they would have still survived this round? Yeah, because I don't think that the volcano really took that long if you realise that the bags were tied to the side of the uh, the pit. Oh, yeah. They probably would have just finished in the same place for the leg anyway, I guess. I have a bone to pick with this, with this roadblock. Did you see how Corey lost his emerald, and rather than having to find it, like 27 seasons of Amazing Race precedent has set, he, he just got to go back and find another one. That would be like... That would be the equivalent of... Season six, uh, Don and Mary Jean find the find their clue, but on the way on the way out, they fall into a canal or something, and then they just go back and find another clue. When even like an episode an episode before, Freddie like Freddie or Ken, I think it was Freddie or Kendra. Yeah, just they picked up another clue and they got penalised for that, like they should have been. There must have been something in the additional info that said if you do lose your emerald, you can find another one, because uh. they should have had to go back and find it. It's unfortunate precedent though, because it's like it's the equivalent of like. Of like backdoor opening that like um the no the no the no robot count rule from twenty four not being enforced did would it have happened with another team is my question say it happened to Dana and Matt would they have had to go and find it we don't have the extra info so I'm not sure yet conspiracy theory maybe but you know I wouldn't be surprised on the subject of Dana and Matt they have a wonderful fight at the detour I love a, a fight like this. Which is basically the equivalent of you never listen to me, Blair. And it's only leg two. I like that line that was, um, well, Dana's line more specifically. That was like, um, we're suffering in this detour because I'm suffering from a lack of height and my partner's suffering from a lack of communication. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I know as a guy who's 6'5", I wouldn't really mind about that, but... I can see the the issue that they may have had, especially when they were using wobbly-ass chairs on sand to try and climb on. Imagine if uh, Danny Boatwright and Stephanie LaGrosa had to do that detour together. That would be all Danny would have to do all the work. How tall is Stephanie? 
about five six, I think, something like that. Okay. Danny is about five ten, five eleven, I think, because that's the reason she won the final immunity challenge. Spoilers for anyone who's not seen Survivor Guatemala, but that's the reason Danny won the final immunity challenge is because she was taller, basically. And we also get an on-location report at the detour because they're both in the same place. But Phil doesn't even do it for the first team arriving. It's like the second to the fourth. It's like Phil got there late and went, oh, I'll just do it for these guys, whatever. Clearly he had a clear path to uh, get to the pit stop after having that random greeting of the mid-pack of the teams. And Dana and Matt and Brody and Kurt are the first to get rejected for pop-up. And then we learn that Erin got a fish in her bathing suit as a child. Erin and Jocelyn are slightly oversharing here, I think. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not unwelcome because we've heard weirder things in The Amazing Race, but it was just like... We've heard weirder things from them in their bios. <laughs> we Last week we had a bull castration story, and now we have a fish in the crotch story, and this is only after two episodes. It's my fish in a crotch. That is not a song. That didn't even work. <laughs> Michelle, are you, are you aware of Dick in a Box? Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, that'll be Justin Timberlake's next single with, the, with the Andy Samberg. You can tell that Ford dropped out as a sponsor for this season when they don't have their uh, when uh, they don't have their name attached to any of those souped-up cars on the beach. Those cars were awesome. Where was Exhibit? Oh, yeah. Where was Exhibit? What Exhibit? The host of the host of Pimp My Ride. He should have been there with those cars. The host of popular MTV program Pimp My Ride. And I sound so unbelievably white when I say that. I've never heard of that. You've never heard of Pimp My oh, Ride? Really? No. Wow. Even Michelle wow. has, and she's 63. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to go to that party on the beach. That party but on it's the beach like gotten a lot of memes and stuff over the years. You'll have to see some clips from Pimp My Ride. Okay. Or the, uh, the, video game for it, the video game for Pimp My Ride is considered one of the worst video games made of all time. Of all time. <laughs> I, I googled Pimp My Ride, and uh, the fir- one of the first things to come up was Pimp My Ride winners. show was nearly entirely fake. There's a shock. Yep. That's pretty much, yeah, the one guy had to refilm his reaction to the pimped-out car multiple times because producers thought he didn't react well enough. And Tyler and Corey are the first to leave pop-up with uh, Brody and Kurt in second and Bernie and Ashley in third. And teams must now head to the Plaza Volivar, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in here may be eliminated. May? Don't toy with us, Phil. Let's be honest, we know it's an elimination leg this week. I'm pretty sure everyone knew it was an elimination leg this week. I mean, there's no better way to kill the momentum of a season by having the first two legs as non-elimination legs. I mean, you know, people have people have a, t- a hard enough time keeping track of the names and people who are in, this, in the season in the first episode. Like, you think they're actually going to keep all the teams in for three legs? Hello, Amazing Race Vietnam. Oh, we're such an encyclopedia today. Because they had the first three legs as a non-elimination last year. <laughs> they kept all eight teams in. For four legs before eliminating anyone. Sounds like family edition. Well, that just must be proof that communism doesn't work. And that's how Ben sees it. So, Tyler and Corey check in first at the pit stop, and they win a trip for two from Travelocity to St. Thomas. However, in a heartbreaking turn of events, they don't get breakfast in bed. And that really put the pressure under Kurt and Brody. And Kurt and Brody shout their way to second, with Bernie and Ashley in third. And Dana and Matt fight over the stake being in the wrong place at their detour as well. So it wasn't a good detour for them generally. Have Marty and Hagen and Cameron and Darius actually arrived in the country yet? Yeah, by this point, yeah. They've already been in the cab cabs for a really long time. Like, pretty much 90% of Cam and Darius's confessionals seem to come from within that taxi. A very Lorena and Jason-esque moment for them. We didn't really discuss them arriving, though, did we? 
that's because there's not a lot really to discuss apart from, oh, they're half an hour behind. Oh, wait, no, they're not. Well, that tragic, you know, bottom two of that episode was the fact that they kept on, like, um, flip-flopping between each other because of various reasons. She has a surprisingly husk voice. Like, someone actually smoked, like, 50, pe- 50 packs of cigarette a day. It's not the usual voice you get from a, um, a daughter and a mother-daughter team. She sounds like Kat Von D in uh, LA Inc. None of you have seen that show? No? No? Long time no. ago? No, well, the show op- well, the sh- well, the show opens with, like, her... The show opens with her, like, um, you know, slam cut to her walking through the dark streets of LA, and then sh- and then there's this voiceover that's like, I love this city. I am Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've ruined it, Michael. <laughs> I thought you were doing a Batman impression, too. <laughs> I love this city. I have a special connection with this city. My name is Oliver Queen. <laughs> I love Arrow. Arrow's awesome. <laughs> I was a fan of um when Hagen was in the cab and was like, um, you know, the, the ultra-slow cab that was going nowhere fast. And to, and what was the line? Uh, she was begging? I'm begging. <laughs> I mean, it's it's good. I don't good, know why no, it's Doom Hagen in a uh, Batman voice now. I'll I'll, cl- I'll clarify that I'm not I'm not ragging on her because it's a great voice. It's a great voice. Seems like the, she nearly drowned in the roadblock. Phil said that that mud was like two thousand foot deep. Yeah, I I, I, look, I was worried for her at one point. I don't know why. I thought, I wonder how close other people are there. There must be someone on the edge ready to jump in if someone has problems. Yeah, you know how they have lifeguards in any water task. Do they have like divers underneath the mud just? Just waiting for the uh, the call that someone's drowning and they need to help them. You know how that it was filmed like front the volcano was filmed from one side. They're probably waiting on the other side. Probably the side that wasn't filmed. Darnell was probably the lifeguard for the task. He didn't have any goggles for it though. As far as Hagen beg- like begging a taxi driver to go, like um, she had uh, her begging had nothing on Selena from The Apprentice. <laughs> my mère more, my père more, more. That will have flown straight over. Logan and Michelle's head, sir. Selena was a wonderful character in Apprentice UK last year, who was the unashamed villainess of the season, and she was wonderful. She cackled her way through project managing a kids' party task by saying, I hate kids, but I couldn't throw a party. And she won it. <laughs> Didn't she have to do fire breathing to the party as well? She did, yes. She was introduced as a former podium dancer. And you can find all this info about her on the on the write-up I did for her in my top 62 contestants of 2015. You can. It's under the Hall of Fame tab on the Reality TV Warriors website. And if you're interested as to what um what her begging actually meant in English, it was, uh, my mother is dead, my father is dead, my dog is dead. <laughs> but someone needs to just do a supercut of all Selena's awesomeness. There needs to be an amazing race contestant like Selena. And there needs to be a contestant in any show like Selena, who just whose entire raison d'etre is like just, you know, sitting there looking glamorous and then occasionally making a bitchy remark um bitchy remark after bitchy remark after bitchy remark to the point that um people around them are riled up into a storming rage just by her existence. And the fact that she doesn't even react to their rage just makes them even angrier. I knew within a minute of Selena being on uh, the show that not only would she be my favourite, but she would be Ben's favourite. Because she's just... She's everything I look for in a reality TV villain. Uh, so Dana and Matt are the fourth leave pop-up. And... Britney gets a pretty gnarly cut as well. Another two weeks in a row with bleeding fingers for uh, some of these teams. Yeah. What is it with CBS shows this week and just showing us injuries? Yeah. 
and Dana and Matt are the fourth to check in. Brittany and Jessica leave Barrier in fifth, with Erin and Jocelyn in sixth. Zach and Rachel in seventh? Yep, Zach and Rachel leaving Pop-Up in seventh, Sherry and Cole in eighth, Scott and Blair left Perea in ninth after completing their speed bump in, like, a second, because it's a piece of piss. But the fish bit her, Michael. It did. (laughs) Erin and Jocelyn uh, checking in fifth, with Zach and Rachel in sixth, Brittany and Jessica in seventh, and Sherry and Cole in eighth, uh, and Scott and Blair in ninth. And even for the bottom two teams to arrive in uh, Columbia, it was just one mistake after another for both these teams at the bottom. The mistakes must have been pretty extensive, actually. Yeah, one mistake did Marty and Hagen in, though, and that was leaving their cab at the detour decision point. With Hagen, they must have lost at least a half hour between the taxi ride and the roadblock because Cam and Darius passed them, and then Cam and Darius blow that lead by just completely missing the stand with the clues. But... It is Cameron and Darius who check in in 10th, leaving Marty and Hagen to be the last team to arrive, and they are indeed, shockingly, eliminated. Unfortunately. They were one of my favourite teams from the season, so that was pretty unfortunate. Logan's first boot prediction came true again. Uh, which I didn't want it to come true, because yeah, I really like this team too. In fact, well, I like really like both teams that unfortunately were stuck at the bottom two for this week, so it was kind of brutal to see them have to race it out to... Uh, survive the first elimination of the season but yeah it's funny that it just all comes full circle from the first week when they meet up in the airport and then cam and darius have that thing like oh yeah i remember that viral video and now you know a few years down the road they have to try and remember marty and hagen as oh yeah you guys were on the amazing race that's mean you're so mean logan you couldn't do any better We'll never know. We'll never know until i'm on amazing race canada one day and next time there's more explosions, Blair sells herself, and Erin is not a fan of caves. What's with caves? She looks like season? she has an anxiety attack. Can I just say, though, that there must, it must have actually been a close round if um, Marty and Hagen, they arrived at the pit stop and Carrie, Cameron and Darius were still there. Yeah, I was thinking that. Either that, or though when they passed them in the cab and um, they were still running back to their cab, it must have been like, they must have actually been really close to their cab. Beach, and that beach, the run to the beach was like five miles, at least according to them on Twitter. Yeah, it wasn't their finest decision. They're still almost in the race. Yeah, Cameron and Darius really, really screwed up there. Yeah, chef, being a chef doesn't equate to being a member of Mensa. And we had quite a lot of listener questions again this week. It's nice to see people sending questions. Please, please do, because we love talking about them. And I'm going to start off with my favourite one from Kurt Reptil, who said, Would any of you on the podcast wear a thong if you were racing with your dad? No. Uh, that would be a no. I would not wear a thong on a race, period, whether I was racing with a sister, a friend, a total stranger. What if you were wearing hunters? <laughs> I would not be wearing hunters because they're stupid. <laughs> I'd wear hunters. And I needed to make that reference as soon as we started talking, talking about thongs. Logan will not get it for probably about a year until he does uh, Amazing Race Australia 2. <laughs> But there's a wonderful incident in the first episode of Amazing Race Australia 2 involving uh, a thong. And a pig. Catherine Matthias says, Is it ever a good idea to choose to run when you don't know how far it is then, rather than use a cab? As long as the clue doesn't specifically say you can't use your cab to get to this place, then no. Depends how much money you've got, would be my answer. Because if they say, oh yeah, it's a half mile walk or I'll charge you $50, then obviously you walk instead. If you've, Unless you've got the money to burn. Where would you get charged $50 to go half a mile? Like, London? New York! <laughs> Is that the voice of experience there, Michelle? <laughs> uh, no, well, I, I have been there and I have seen the traffic, but yeah, maybe. 
Cristobal Rios says, why are teams not driving themselves places? Last season it never happened. Or dropped out as a sponsor. Thanks, Bergen and Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, that Bergen and Kurt have a sense of humour about us constantly blaming them for dropping out. Well, at least Bergen does. Elena Liana says, talk about how efficient Tyler and Corey are and how how that is similar to Justin and Diana. No. (laughs) Okay. I mean, they they are pretty efficient. In that, in that, in this last episode, and you know what? Thought, I know I you guys have that... things against them, but um, I don't have so a thing they... against them. I, I when, just when... <laughs> okay. I know you have thoughts. I didn't say things. I said thoughts. Um, they ran into the pit stop and they were laughing and giggling, and I just thought that was really cute. But yeah, don't don't go me. Michelle is the nice one of the podcast. You can tweet her. I'm just worried because um. The fact that they were the team to benefit from a surprising rule change is sort of sus to me. Kurt also says, notice any cab management similarities to this past episode to Amazing Race Canada 3, specifically Dana and Amanda running to the finish line. Not really, Kurt, because... Nobody thinks about Dana and Amanda. Nobody thinks about Dana and Amanda, apart from thanking the lovely people of Newfoundland and Labrador. (laughs) In fact, I thank Newfoundland and Labrador for everything in my daily life. From the moment I wake up to the second that I fall asleep. And we will finish with Anthony Williams, who says, Anyone else a little concerned at Zach and Rachel's edit so far? It has Dodo written all over it. By anyone, I mean Logan and me, who have them as our winner picks. Yeah, this week wasn't the biggest edit for them. I mean, they misread their clue, and there wasn't any other footage for the entire episode, as far as I can recall. Poor Zach and Rachel, I like them. I can't comment because I know where they place, but I like them. Why would they make a shelter totally somewhere else? Like, seriously? I can't stand people who just don't think. Please. Well, to be fair, travel fatigue. But I love them. I do love them, but think. So is there anything else you would like to add about this episode and this glorious week? I like how they, uh... they're really loud. I know people are hating it, but I like how they're... Woohooing and screaming and Michelle, I don't know. They're just they're just enthusiastic. So Michelle just pissing so many people off. They can get loud to <laughs> what the fuck. Uh, I like it. Anything that makes like look, I I've enjoyed I'm enjoying the season so far. I'm enjoying the episodes. Like there are a lot of teams I could take or leave. There are a few teams I am not enjoying at all. But the ones I am enjoying, I'm enjoying very much. The the legs have been great. Like, this, this leg was short, but it was still good. There was good content to it. Last leg was the best premiere in ages. I'd probably say the best premiere in the, uh, in, the 20s, of the, in the 20s of the franchise. Like, it was better than last season, because the last season only had, like, one, one or two tasks. It was better than... It was better than 20, But it was like, take a helicopter somewhere, then do something on a beach. That was the end of it. Whereas this, this last leg felt like a, f- a fully formed and fully realized leg. It started as a as a night leg in Mexico, and then it was a um, and then it was an overnight stay in Mexico as well. First, and in a, in a country they haven't visited in twenty five seasons. Well, that too. And it was better than twenty six because that was taken up half by a pointless obstacle course at the start and the introduction of the selfies before it became funny. Twenty five was actually no twenty five was actually good. I forgot about the twenty five. It's best one since twenty five. 24, 23, 22, and 21 were pretty bad, though. So I'm amazed how you can remember every single one. I'm just amazed. Is that, is that not the creed of our entire podcast, that we are obsessive fans, Michelle? I know, but I don't remember every single episode of every race. I just don't, I don't know. I have so much other stuff in my brain. I, yeah, but you guys are just amazing. 
Well, there's episodes that I don't remember. It's just I remember the premiere years of each season because of the first ones. Mm. The first and last which memory one, rule. Which one was New York? Which season was the New York start? 25. 25. You see, I like that only because I watched it live and it was amazing. But it's not generally the our best episode, but I just like the start. It was an amazing episode. Like, everyone, everyone delivered in that episode. And we had three quits. Three. And an actual, like, antennas race that bit stopped rather than rowing. So, thank you for listening to this UR Team Number podcast. You can join. Wait, 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 wait. Are we not even going to discuss our favorite teams? I keep on doing this. Every time I'm on the podcast, I'm like, well, guys, what were your favorite teams? And you're just like, let's end the episode now. <laughs> to, <laughs> to be fair, I've got an hour and 20 to edit as it is, which is way longer than the past couple of episodes have been. I'm currently relating to Cam and Darius at the moment. Really? I think so, yeah. I think I, I kind of identify with them for the most part. I'm liking Blair and Scott. Yeah, I I love Blair and Scott because she just says ridiculous things in front of her father, which makes me chuckle. I like Zach and Rachel, although they have gone down in my estimation with, to quote Michelle, the stupid behaviour this week. I didn't say they were stupid. I said it was stupid behaviour. That's why I said stupid behaviour. Dana and Matt I also quite like as long as they keep fighting and keep giving me the ridiculousness. And yeah. I, I'm I'm big, out of the teams that haven't been mentioned so far, I'm a big and Bernie Ashley, obviously. Oh, well, thanks for taking my, away my only line for this section, Michael. You're welcome. You you had introduced it. You should have gone first. Snooze a lose God. Well, Logan just Logan oh, just God. rudely rudely interrupted me. God, he's responsible for everything this week. <laughs> <laughs> I love how aggro I'm, I'm being on this episode. Just. But yeah, I'm uh, in no particular order. I'm a fan of. Um, I, I like Matt and Dana. Like half, sort of like. Half because I think they're a strong team and their story seems to be going somewhere and their episode, this entire episode was about their lack of communication. <laughs> so that was good. Uh, Bernie and Ashley, I really, I really actually like. I liked, I liked past sense Marty and Hagen until they had to leave. Sherry, I like. Cole is a bit annoying, but Sherry, I like. So, you know, Sherry and Cole, Scott and Blair, Bernie and Ashley, Matt and Dana. Those are my, four, those are my four ride or die. And Tiffany and Krista, obviously. I don't get it. The fact that Tiffany and Krista have to be mentioned every time, because they're awesome. Okay. And Sherry, and Sherry as well. Cole has to win me over. Krista might have just messaged me, that's why. So, thank you for listening to this UR Team Number podcast. You can join us next week to recap episode three. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, at RTB Warriors, or on our own Twitter pages, at MJ Halmstone for me, Log Super Wacky for Logan, Bear333333 for Michelle, and Ink1Y for Ben. Bye. Duh. Bye. Bye. RTB Warriors. Ah, oh, damn it. Hashtag RTB Warriors. Hashtag 250. Hashtag no hate. Peace. I love this city. It's so good to be back in LA.